where we are going to hear from the Word of God, and our own uh, Reverend Kasim will be ministering to us. And so, therefore, allow me to pray for him as he takes over. Father, we thank you because you are going to minister to us. You are going to use Reverend to speak to our souls in accordance to your will. May you inspire him. May you give him utterances. May this moment be blessed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Brother Karicho. And each one of you for attending uh, today's uh, service. Uh, Those that are here and those that are out there just before um, we begin. Now it is time to study the word. Turn with me to the book of uh, Ephesians. If you are there, Ephesians chapter 5, verses uh, 4 to 14. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 4 all the way to 14. And I would like you to say this if you are there. I believe you are there already. Ephesians chapter 5, 4 to 14. Wherever you are in here, in hospitals, in a car, at home, please say this with me loudly. This is the word of God. It is pure and profitable to me. This is the word of God. It is pure and profitable to me. Amen. Let's read. Let's just go differently today. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Excuse me, Ryan. 
Please don't sit yet if you could just come. Thank you very much. Please let's uh, give up for uh, claps to, for, for, for Ryan. And uh, those of you who are reading, you did not notice that he was not reading. This is called the Bible recitation. From verses 4 to 14, he was just reading, he was just saying it. I would uh, request you, if you can just recite day, again, only uh, verse 4 up to somewhere, even if it's uh, 3 or 4, so that we see, and now don't read, and he's not even reading here, he has already recited it, and there's something uh, we are about to begin doing from this. So please, Ryan. Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 4, uh, New Living Translation. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Wow. Ryan Musumba uh, has grown up in Nairobi Baptist Church and he found his way to Germany. And while he is there doing all the things that uh, the road, uh, the destiny, the, the journey of life was leading to his destiny to do a few things there for some years now, he comes across people who are passionate about the word of God and they recite and recite and recite some can recite even 30 verses or even a whole chapter or even two chapters or even two verses. And he comes back to meet a, a need that uh, we have been thinking about as a church to up our game in discipleship. So the young adults will be the first group to go to have a meeting with him and just know, Ryan, how do you do that? And I gave him only two days. How do you do that? And uh, we have various resources that uh, he may want to share with you. So come uh, back to the sermon today from those scriptures. That the, the sermon today is fashioned to seize moments. Fashioned to seize moments in the series, seizing the moments in this journey. Are there moments we have lost in this journey of faith? Have we squandered strategic opportunities in this life? Is it even possible to lose moments meant for you? Can my inheritance bypass me for somebody else? Can that which was meant for me go to another person? Am I really actually who I was meant to be at this time in life? Or have I deviated? Is the graph that was drawn for me still valid for me? These are cardinal questions indeed. In the last episode last Sunday, examining Prophet Elijah's awkward situations, we realized that even the worst awkward life moments may, lead, may be leading to a strategic divine destiny. Elijah's depressive journey and the desiring to die 
When he was, uh, was when, I mean, Elijah's depressive uh, moments did lead to his new calling of prophetic anointing. Although he was uh, running away from the threats of Jezebel and desiring to die in the wilderness, the journey of a scared and almost faithless uh, prophet, mighty prophet, was leading to a new gear and a new positioning so that he can anoint kings and prophets. Believing in the Lord's word afresh, that came to, the, to him through the, the angel, Elijah proceeds to anoint prophet Elisha, who would succeed him, and he proceeds to anoint King Jehu, and he is uh, seen straightening things that were bent in partnership with God. What a new twist of events. A very depressive journey moment, leading him to the next uh, divine destiny, serving the Lord. Apostle Paul has come, with a new advice for the believer. He may not answer the questions that I've asked above of yesterday time, but he gives tips about the remainder part of our today and tomorrow. He tips us that the days we live are very evil and short. This is what we have heard. For the days are evil in 15, verse 15. Redeem the time. Make the most of every moment for the days are evil. The wind and the peer pressure and social persuasion is too evil for a heavenly calling. Paul urges us to grab divine moments that are coming and passing, but first, position yourself because not everybody will, will hear the Lord's moment as they come. Yes, they can come and pass, it's true. Yes, we could easily live lives of regret. Because we blundered in yesterday. We blundered in studying harder. We blundered in selecting business opportunities. We also blundered in selecting marriage partners probably. We blundered probably because of selecting the right careers in life. Sometimes the choice of residence and where we lived. We are now beginning to blame the environment for our children. That if I had not gone to live in this place, my son would not be a drug addict. Sometimes the choice of residence or even health neglect. We are hearing that we have already neglected ourselves and this is why we cannot live longer. The choice of foods we eat, the, the, the life, the, the health life we have, that you did not go to a gym in good time, that you did not engage in running in good time, that you did not engage in walking barefoot on a nice soil in good time. These are things that we are hearing today. And yes, we are living lives of regret. So yes, Apostle Paul, while in a Roman prison, writes a letter to Ephesians with a one goal, make, measure up to your health, heavenly calling. When you read the book of Ephesians, this is the whole idea. Measure up to your calling. Measure up to the heavenly calling. Measure up. Wherever you are, whatever you do, measure up. In your ministry, measure up. This is the idea. Ephesus was a big city with a lot of stuff which could resist or distract and lead a believer from faith. Paul was always careful about life in the city. He told Corinthians to be careful about the perils or the dangers of the city. And I want to warn you this morning that we shall be talking about the city. Everything we talk about will be the city. The city. So when I talk about the city, I don't mean Rongai. I don't mean Nairobi. I don't mean New York. 
I mean this life has become a city and I will demonstrate. So Ephesus is a city. A city that has very many distractions. And these distractions are leading the believer away from the faith. Paul was always careful. He said, be careful about the dangers of a city. I talk to students when they are going to the university. That you are going to the city. You are going from the rural place. You are going from the primary and the secondary life. Going to the city at the university. Be careful about the danger of the city. The city has perils. But the global village that we are in today has become a city. What's up has made you, has become a city to us. Just now, just now I have forwarded someone to, something to someone who is in Belgium. I mean in, in Germany. Just now. I am here and I am in Germany. What's up? What's up? The guy who is working with us in that project, I just forwarded the link so that he can see what we are doing here. Because WhatsApp has become a city. So the city is not Rongai. The city is not Nairobi. The city is even WhatsApp. Even Facebook is a city. Even Twitter is a city. Sopoperas, Sopoperas, uh, walking uh, through uh, Colombia, walking through uh, uh, South America, while we are in Rongai, we are actually living the life of uh, Colombia while we are here. Even Facebook is a city, Sopoperas are a city, and all these are series of distractions. The city of Ephesus disrupted the believer by altering his language, clothing perception, and even thinking. It was going to be dangerous as believers drift away from their heavenly calling and they were conforming to the life of the city. He wanted them to draw the line but at the same time to be of impact to the community. So he was therefore aiming at building a mature Christian in a city community. So please turn to your neighbor without, without breaking the social distance just look at your neighbor and say, you are also in a city. So Paul divides his book of Ephesians into two parts. The first part is actually chapter 1 to chapter 3. And it is all about our position in Christ. He demonstrates a vertical relationship with God. A vertical relationship with God, and then the second part is chapter 4 to 6, which is about our practice in the community. Remember, our position in Christ, who we have become now in Christ, but after becoming our practice, our role, how we relate to the community, or rather, our horizontal relationship with the community. Now we start. We start with chapter 5, but this is the idea of walking in the light in this life of darkness of sin. Now, Paul told Ephesians that uh, in Christ, we are a new unity. That's the idea. We are a new unity. We see this in chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. And then we are a new walk. We have a new walk. So this is what he is telling us. Brothers and sisters... We have a new unity and we have a new walk. This is the idea, newness, newness. 
We have a pure walk in the city that we live. We must have a pure walk. We must have a pure walk. We have a new walk. Business should not be, life should not be business as usual when we are in the city. The world in darkness of sin does not know this new walk. People of darkness live by nature. They modify this uh, nature by the seasons and the evolving styles of the city. But you, believer, engage in a new walk. Engage in a new walk. The new walk might be hard, but there are baby steps to be followed. And these baby steps, the baby steps are imitate Christ. This is what we see in verse 1 to 2 and 3. These are baby steps. Begin by imitating Christ. Let me ask you, brothers and sisters, how can you walk upright? Even the wise man was asking, how can a youth walk upright? How can a youth walk upright in this life? One of my daughters went to a camp in the years past. I sponsored her to go to a camp, but not in Nairobi Baptist Church, somewhere else. They went to a high school. And it was a Christian camp. All the churches sending their, their, their youth there. When she came back, she looked very sad. And she was weeping. And why are you doing like what, what, what is wrong? He said, Dad, do we have one single youth who is going to heaven? One. I, I said, you. She said, I doubt myself. The things that we are doing at the camp, the things they are doing at the camp, is there anybody going to heaven? No wonder, how shall your youth remain pure before the Lord? What about a man? Which man? I heard a sister. I heard someone, uh, we were discussing about a marriage, and, uh, and she was asking me, Pastor, is there a man who will ever make it to heaven? I, 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 I haven't heard a man who is asking whether there's a woman, but, but women... Uh, some, some women, not all of them, especially women not, out, not here. They, they think that men cannot make it to heaven. Because men have big eyes, protruding eyes. And this is the big problem. The, the, we, we, we evolve, we look at what is happening in the city, and we wonder whether... In this city of WhatsApp, in this city of Facebook, in the city of the fashion, whether we shall make it to heaven. The new walk might be hard, yes. But these steps are training us. As we imitate Christ, we love the community and we forgive them. And we live comfortable with all people. If we were to do that, to use the baby steps that we can begin getting somewhere in actually looking like we can make it to heaven. But what skills does Paul tell us about? Let us fail, lest we fail to see the divine moments in this destructive city of life. Let us study some of these things, some tips that Paul is teaching us so that we do not miss out in heaven. One of them is separate yourself from darkness and two, walk in the light. This is all he is saying in chapter chapter. Chapter 5, 
verses 4 to 14. These are the two things he's telling us. Separate yourself from darkness. Number two, walk in the light. That is not too hard to understand. Although we are picking a few other things from each of those subheadings. Number one, how do you separate yourself from darkness? Number one, activate your worth, your work. Activate your work. Activate your work and see whether you are worthy to be called a saint. To be called a destiny-focused saint. Activate your work, believer. Before you can start seizing the moments, position yourself by activating your work. How do you activate your work? Number one, tame your heart from evil. The city life had a culture of immorality. People dresses. People dressed the way they wanted. They spoke and acted as such in terms of immorality in Ephesus. Filthiness had things to do with immoral behaviors, gestures, and habits meant to excite lust. Even, uh, I'm wondering, are we experiencing the same today? A desire to excite lust. E.g., skin tight. Isn't it, Amani? Skin tight. Both men and women. It used to be for men, for women. Now it is even men. You buy a trouser, it is not good enough. You tighten, you take it, you take it to the tailor, tighten it so that every angle of your, of your leg is seen and every part of this is seen. And when it is not good enough, you go press ups, press ups, press ups, everything, everything. And then, what a kiona, what a kiona, what a kiona. You know, you know you, even as you lift these things, you know, you, it's, it's like you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for people. And then after, everything has fitted together. Now go for the slim fit. If you do it for yourself, that's fine. But if you do it to excite lust, you are behaving like the Ephesians. I'm not saying that because I don't have muscles. <laughs> of course I don't have. But I'm only giving us an, an illustration, uh, especially coming from men. I, don't, I dare not touch um, the women. Uh, so, so guys can identify with me and they can easily forgive me. But the idea of filthiness, when he talks about filthiness, it, it had something to do with the behaviors and gestures and habits that are meant to excite lust. That's how they lived. And uh, sometimes unnecessary slits, brothers and sisters, uh, especially sisters, uh, sometimes we have unnecessary, unnecessary slit. A slit that can enable you to walk is fine. But a slit that is not necessary for the walking. The walking stopped here. But the slit that has come up to here, my, my sister, we will never ask you, you are free. You are free, you are dressed, you are choice. Even in this church, never shall we ask you. But Paul is asking you, Paul, not me, what is the necessity of the slit that comes up to here? Dressing, enabling you dressing, was up to here, somewhere, somewhere, probably here. Not, not you, it is the, the dressing of Ephesians. And uh, even some open chests, guys, you know, guys, I think shirts, very soon shirts will come, a design will come without, without buttons, up to about here. Wait, I'm promising you. Wait, give it a few years. Designs for shirts will be up to here, so that all the chests are there. Even as you talk to your auntie, all the chests will be here. And those were the chests for Ephesians. 
Even exposed thighs, thighs, and exposed sensitive parts. That was Ephesians. Even if yet, if you don't conform, and you are not, then you are not normal. You know, when I talk to the, to, to my children, they will tell me because I experiment with my own children, so, lest I touch other people's children. So then they would tell me, you know, Dad, if you don't dress like this, then you are a social misfit. I may not like it. I remember one day I saw someone putting something. Then she went back and removed. Then she dressed something else. Then she went back to the old one. Then please tell me. I, I put this one. I didn't like it. I put this one. I didn't like it. I like it, but I know the society will not like it. So let me put the one that the society will like it. Otherwise, you, dad, you're going to be accused. I actually ticked. I approved. Because what will I do? A social misfit, yet it be, looks like Ephesians. Have our hearts become evil slowly by slowly? Are we agents? Are we agents of sexual immorality without knowing? Are our hearts becoming evil when our bodies are still hanging on there? Can evil hearts discern divine moments which come from our loving Holy Father? Tame your heart and position yourself, believer, for the coming golden opportunities of 2021. Those that will dress, those that will tame their hearts from evil. Dress the way you wish, but let it be for yourself. Make sure you don't dress with intention of exciting lust, sexual lust, even your walking style. Tame your heart from becoming an agent of immorality. Number two, train your tongue from the foolishness and vulgar. Ephesians community practiced impure words which are treated as normal or new normal. Beyond the filthy tears, they had filthy mouths and filthy words of vulgar language. Culture had taught us to grow in maturity of words so that an adult does not use vulgar language. But things have changed now. We aren't guilty and shy anymore. Ask Datari who cancels and deals with people. People will come there, 70 year old, 50 year old, 40 year old, and the language they use because they are now annoyed, they cannot, uh, they are not pretending, they are not able to pretend. When you are annoyed, when you don't care, now you say the things which are you. The words we hear from a, a mature person. Things have changed. We aren't guilty and shy anymore. A word can come from anywhere, from nowhere. Even in politics, we hear people insulting one another in public when our children are watching news. A word can come from nowhere. Even the, the authority that used to censor things, I think they are, how can they do it? Because a word can come from nowhere now. How can you censor that and you're watching with your children? Vulgar and filthy words are immorally inviting. They excite evil and immorality. Are we conforming? Youth, are we conforming the vulgar songs in our phones that take away that pure spiritual environment of prayer and worship, making us robots of evil? Yes, the vulgar songs that we have 
They are in our phones. They are making us robots of evil. Vulgar. All over. Vulgar. Evil. Evil choice of words. This is what the world has become. Today we don't have a youth. We don't have an adult. Everybody is the same. The dressing is the same. The language is the same. That was the case in Ephesus. But as for you, believer, train your tongue, remain in purity of the mouth. Choose words carefully and sound different from the people of darkness. Wherever you are in college, wherever you are at your place of work, wherever you are in school, wherever you are in your family, choose your words like a saint. Evaluate yourself. Look at yourself. Speak the language of heaven, the language of divine moments. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number three, treat your mind for thanksgiving. That's what Paul is telling them. Ephesians allowed their minds to become foolish, slowly by slowly. Remember, the first one was evil intentions. Number two, it was evil tongue. Now it is evil mind. The city conversations slowly made people foolish. They made foolish jokes and made fun of each other. They exposed valuable privacy of marriage and vital secrets of life. Their mind behaved like idle minds and Paul warned the believers to be different. Jesting or joking like you can see there is an unheavenly habit which makes light important things including scripture. Satan can use it to distort vitality of the scripture and cause disobedience. It takes away the fear of the word of God. Jesting can actually develop a culture of diminishing words from sermons even like today. Which, and then you diminish it. And the diminished version trends like nothing. Like a hot cake everywhere in the social media. You divert people from the all they need to remain so that they can remain in purity. You make light of every moment, making it too light. When the parent, do you know, parents, do you know that uh, sometimes the children are making our statements very light? You say something as a parent, and then when I got a, Then, instead of taking it serious, they belittle it, they lighten it, and it is no longer useful. That was the idea in Ephesus. Jesting and joking. Instead of foolish and careless minds, Ephesians were required to gain the attitude of thanksgiving for everything. Treating the others wonderfully and fearfully made. Knowing the other can take your position and therefore respect all everybody. You make fun of each other. Look at the way he is walking. Look at the way he, he is created. Look at the way she is created. And even what we're saying, some people don't even know the clothing. Look at the way she is created. These are not clothes for this kind of people. So, so you are the one who is wonderfully and fearfully made. So you are the one who knows where clothes should be made. Shame on you, Ephesian. You are lost. In Paul's conversation, you are a person of darkness. You are not a heavenly, divinely destined soldier. You have become foolish in your mind. You judge people. You think they cannot reach where you are because they never go to school as much as you did. You do not know that the Lord can turn tables. You do not know a business idea can come. 
You must respect everybody. You must fear everybody. You must fear the work of God that they were wonderfully and fearfully made. And the Lord is in charge of all situations. In the process of foolish jokes, people can run away from church because you make foolish comments. In the process of foolishness, a wife can run away from you. A husband can run away from you. Not physically, but emotionally. You remain with an absent Husband who is seated on the couch, but not with you. You must respect others, because if you do that, you will never make fun of them. Respect the word of God, otherwise you will never allow yourself to, be, to make it lighter. May the fear of infection with evil be bigger than that of contracting corona in your life. A foolish mind cannot hear and see from the Lord's divine moments. Therefore, activate your walk in the Lord and stand worthy of a saint. Assess yourself fitting for a saint, for a saint or not, as we see from verse 5 to 7. Paul has earlier told us what we should become, imitators of the word and imitators, so imitators of the Lord. Here, he tackles what we should, be, what we should become. We should become imitators of the word but of the lord but now in verse 5 to 7 he is tackling what we should not become don't become partners with the people in darkness not in their culture love yes you can love them but don't conform to their culture of the people in darkness brothers and sisters let us not conform to the sheng to the evil sheng As part of my journey, academic journey in the past, not now, I was uh, doing sociology at some point, and I decided to go to Eastlands to study Sheng. Not to study Sheng, but to study the Sheng, the people, the, the motivation for Sheng, and the origin of Sheng, and how Sheng is manufactured. I was trying to help some young men probably come up with Sheng a dictionary or something. I dropped the project. But I realized how we have conformed. Don't become partners with people in darkness. Some Sheng words are good, but others have hidden meanings. I discovered some meanings that are hidden. Some Sheng is manufactured to hide vulgar, but to actually mean vulgar. A very bad word that you use today that you do not know what it means. You think it means easy, and you can argue, but I can take you to the source. Very, very vulgar, evil word. And the moment you say it, you say it many times, you just become. You defile even your mouth. You defile your language. He calls city people, Paul calls city people, sons of disobedience. A harsh description, of course. I wonder what emoji would put there. Ish, you ish. Sons of disobedience. That's what you call the people of the city. Of Ephesus city. Sons of disobedience. So I don't know what emoji um, we would put there. You know what I mean? So they didn't value boundaries. Every woman was everybody's wife. Every place was open for everybody. It was a real city, of course. Today, boundaries are vanishing. And excessive freedom creeping in. We fear nothing. Men are people's wives. Women 
are people, uh, men, what did what they say? Men are, men, I'm, I'm just, I'm just annoyed. Men are people's husbands. Women are people's wives. Even these little girls in primary school, they are young man. This is someone's future wife. When you are talking to her like this, you are talking to someone's wife in the future. They lived free. They feared nothing. They went everywhere. The disco place for everybody. But I'm wondering, today, do we feel too free in this life? Is it true believers that a disco place is still open for you? Is it open for believers? Is it open for the saints? Is a pub open for us? Just like Ephesians. Paul is annoyed from prison. And he writes this. He says, these are sons of disobedience. They break all the barriers. And verse 6, we see God's wrath is still active. Let us fear that wrath. Don't be despised. I mean, so don't be uh, disrupted and don't be deceived. Fear the wrath of God. Drop this acquired liberty and freedom. Carry out your salvation with fear and trembling, lest you miss the new Jerusalem. Fear sin and all its cousins that accompany it. The things that look, they are not bad. They are not nice. Everybody is doing it. I am not even sinning. Look, I have not even touched anybody. This, those are cousins of the sin. Don't become partners with some sons of disobedience. They remove barriers which the Lord made. Resist porn. Resist sexual lust. Porno is the Greek word for sex. And all its imaginations, the imaginations of immorality. Resist them. It is handsome snake that dances with smile and quickly swallows you into a belly, deep belly, which becomes your home for a long time. Getting yourself out of sexual immorality once it has come into your mind, young man, young woman, old man, old woman, will be very, very, very hard. It is already a, a snake's deep belly. Live a life which is fit for a saint. Position yourself clearly for kingdom expansion. To heal broken souls and repair this shattered community. The Lord is wait, waiting for holy men. The Lord is waiting for intercessors. The Lord is waiting for ministry leaders who are holy. Who are not immoral in their tongues. Who are not immoral in their minds. Who are not foolish in their minds. A flame again for Christ. This is what we finish with, with these two, a few verses here. Verse 8 to 14, I just summarized. Paul's idea is know Christ better now. Knowing Christ is about knowing what he brings in our lives. He brings integrity, goodness, wisdom, tranquility, or peacefulness. Walking as children of the light means hearing Christ, walking with Christ, emulating Christ, therefore walking as if Christ is us. Doing like Christ, saying me too, Lord. To everything we see Christ doing, even in the word of God. And Paul challenges Ephesians to wake up from their sleep. Being a model Christ in this dark city, life brings not only joy to the world we live in, but the fire of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Failure to walk in light leads to a spiritual slumber. This is why verse 14 Paul says, Wake up, you sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. And all of us stand up, if you can, stand up here or where you are.
Let's just honor God. It's time to respond to the challenge we received today. And let me conclude this way. As you listen, as you take your position to repent. I pray that uh, even as we sing today, if you can, you can kneel down and repent. Who among you is so holy that your tongue is still very holy? That your heart is still very holy? That your mind is still very holy? Who has not sinned against the Lord? How shall we ever be able to see what the Lord wants and plans for our lives? If only we could live in holiness and purity. If only we could tame our hearts from evil. If only we could train our tongues from vulgar. Treat our hearts to thanksgiving. If only we could go back to that flame of the Holy Spirit and be aglow again. Then heavens will shine upon us afresh. Giftings and graces will be showered upon us again. Signs and wonders shall follow us. Even in this church. Even in this church. We will meet in this place. And there shall be healing. Every time we raise, we lift up our hands to worship the Lord. Hands of holy men and women. There shall be healing. The pastor will not need to declare. The presence of the Lord. When we are walking in holiness. If we can only go back. If we can only go back there. Grace and new gifts of the Holy Spirit shall come down upon us wherever we are in our vehicles, in our matatus. Never again shall we miss those heavenly opportunities, those heavenly revelations of divine moments in this journey. Never again shall we squander these moments of opportunities. May the Lord have mercy upon us. It's all about you. It's all about you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we are nothing. We are filthy, Lord, before you, before the living and holy God. Our hearts, our hearts, and our minds, and our mouths and our tongues, Lord. Even the ears, we hear dirty things, Lord. How do we even stand before you, Lord, holy God, even to lift our hands before you? You know us very well. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon our lives. And we are sorry, Lord. We are sorry, Lord, for the things we have done. We are sorry, Lord, for the things we have done. I don't know which song is that. I'm sorry for the things I have done. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, even as we continue repentance in standing before the Lord, the Holy God, and His earth. So, Lord, we come back to you, to the heart of worship. Sorry for the things we've done. Lord, take my tongue and my heart and my mind. I come back to you because it's all about you. And if you're there and you're looking for a way to come back, the Lord accepts you. Come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. Come back from the city life. Come back from the disruptions. Come back to the Lord. Come back to ministry. Come back to the right position of the heavenly calling. Come back so that you can position yourself for the heavenly moments. And all of us lift your hands so that we can, I can speak a benediction 
prophetic prayer for you even as we go home refreshed and challenged and feeling accepted by the Lord who accepts us every day may God come through for you may the Lord open doors of harvest in 2021 may the Lord give you wealth you never dug may the Lord shine his face upon you may he favor you May the Lord make you victorious. May your going be blessed. May your coming be blessed. May you be called the favored. May the Lord give you a song of victory in this year. May you come out a victor full of testimony the Lord has done. This is your year of harvest. This is a year of victory. This is a year of power. And this I speak to you, receive it by faith in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's give a clap unto the Lord. Let's celebrate the goodness of the Lord even better.